going on, Jordan? What's up, man? What's up, dude? How are you enjoying the beautiful weather out in Utah? Dude, it is fan-freaking-tastic right now. Is it? You know, I, I can't I, begin to tell you. Actually, I could begin to tell you, but I feel like that would take a valuable time in our podcast. And yeah. And people don't really care. <laughs> hey, no, I did hear, though, it snowed on you guys this last week or something? Yeah. We got a little... That, it's always kind of tricky in May, um, like late spring, early summer. We get like one week where it just like throws a curveball at us. We're... You know, it's like getting real pretty, real nice outside, and then, what do you know, temperatures drop, we get some snow, people are freaking out about their tomatoes. (laughs) And, yeah, such is life in Utah. Such is life in Salt Lake area, man. That's, that it is, that it is. Yeah, so, Brian, I got a question for you. What, what is the question? What is the question? Yeah. Well, the question is what it is. <laughs> how did I? How did I not see that one coming? How, how did you not, Brian? How <laughs> did you not? Shoot, man, what it is? Well, that's a that's an interesting question, man. I talk about a roller coaster of emotions. You remember how last week I was telling you about how I put that offer or I got an offer accepted on a house that I wanted. Well, yes, I found out on Thursday. That the seller pulled out of the offer because they didn't find the replacement house. And that was part of the contingencies, and I knew it could happen. Uh, yeah. They had seven days to find a replacement house. Um, and uh, day seven, my real estate agent called me and says they haven't found it and d- didn't get the offer accepted that they expected, so they're pulling out and not selling. And So, uh, so what does that mean? I mean, like, so they were obviously looking for another house to go live in? Yeah, they had actually a house in mind. Is what I was told. Is they had the they, they had the one that they were going to move to down the like a, a mile or two down the street. Yeah. Um, a little bit. I'm assuming a little bit more space for them because they had a bunch of kids, and um, that's why they sh- shortened the time period from 14 days to seven days. That was on them. Uh, they shortened it so that if in seven days they didn't have a replacement, either they or I could pull out of the uh, uh, contract. Huh. So. Um, That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it it, it, it paid off in the sense that um, I uh, didn't. I had the inspection scheduled for Friday. They they I got the call on Thursday. That the seventh day was Thursday, uh, so I didn't have to pay seven hundred fifty dollars for an inspection on the house now, which was nice. Uh, so that that which was money I would have never gotten back. But I get I get yeah. all my money back in the sense of the deposit and everything I put down. So uh, really, all I lose is. Uh, Time, the time, <laughs> at yeah. the time, and uh, you know, it, it. I will. I won't be lying. I was a little disappointed because you know it's that balance, man. It's that balance of how do you you got to get a little bit emotionally connected to that uh, house because that potentially could be you know your new residence, but at the same right. time, um, you don't want to get too wrapped around the axles because you know something like this could happen. It's such a changing environment that you never know what could happen. So, like, I was excited, and I was like, yeah, man, in a month or so, I might have a house. But in the back of my brain, it was always like, well, you know, it's not a it's not a clear course yet. And there yeah. was plenty of things, and, and it happened, and it kind of paid off. You know, not having the super energetic – I mean, I was energetic, I won't lie. Uh, but, you know, but it kind of helped – add some realism to it in the sense that you know what things don't always go as they plan man yeah it's true um so that just seems weird to me though like so there this 
this group or this family that's trying to sell the house is obviously committed on leaving or seemingly, you know, like they, they are trying to leave for whatever reason, like changing locations. They just, yeah, they just need house. more space. Yeah. So like if they had a, if they had a buyer who was interested and, you know, wanted to, um, you know, was serious enough to throw some money down at it. Why wouldn't they just extend the contract and say, Hey, you know, we're looking for a house. And once we find one, you can have this one. Yeah. I, I think, uh, what, what they told or their real estate agent told mine was, you know, I guess they have a daughter that's graduating high school and they kind of want to wait till things she graduates and figure it all out. I think really they, they probably took a blow in the sense that, you know, they had wanted this one house and probably the similar aspect too. Like they wanted this one house that didn't get it. And it was like, Hey, we really want to move to this one house and maybe we're, we're fine if we're staying, if it's not any other house, then, you know, we're fine staying where we are. So, um, you know, cause I really, you know, I didn't talk to the buyer and, you know, you're not really supposed to, uh, unless it's a family friend or something like that. Right. But, right. Um, so yeah, but my real estate agent did reach out in the sense that, uh, um, Hey, if they're interested in selling again, please me or call us first. And if we're going to go look for other properties, but if you're interested, uh, we're interested still too. But I'm definitely not going to offer them the same amount. I'm going to offer less. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good thinking. Play the game. So no, that you know, I, I knew that this would come up as a topic uh, in, in you know what is going on in our lives, and I think this is a, a good topic in general to talk about is is failure or things not going your going your way and how how we have dealt with you know failure and change and uh stuff that pops up that doesn't necessarily go the way we had planned it and uh how we've successfully managed and managed and you know navigated those waters and how we've been miserable at doing that so um so you count this i don't know i have a hard time counting this as like a failure well don't get me they're wrong there are aspects of failure to it and that things didn't go to plan things didn't work out I guess you wouldn't call it a successful house buying experience. No. But I wouldn't associate it with, like, personal failure. Like, there wasn't much you could do about the situation. Uh, No, and I think that's important when you look at quote-unquote failures. You know, failure has such a negative connotation, but failure doesn't have to be negative. Uh, Failure can be you attempt something and maybe things didn't work out for a reason. You know, the old cliche, things happen for a reason, right? Uh, Maybe you you have – there's times in your life when you give 110% effort – and things don't go out, and you can be happy with that failure, that lack of the outcome that you had planned. Uh, or there can be a failure of, and you do absolutely no work in it. So I, I think in an aspect, my goal was to buy a house and buy this house. And I, in an, in the old, the actual sense of the word, word, I failed to buy that house because I am not buying that house. So you don't have the house. Exactly. So it's not failure in the sense that my actions you know, contributed to me not successfully buying a house. Uh, my actions were everything I possibly could do. Um, but in the, in the end, it didn't go the way I planned, man. And, and that, in, in the true sense of the word, that is failure. Um, it's not failure, the common, you know, perception of failure, but it's not success. Um, yeah. Well, you know what I mean? I think that brings up an interesting point of like, there's such a negative connotation surrounded with failure, right? Yep. Like the classic example I think of is like I don't know why I think of this because I have no you know, I have a great relationship with my dad. 
and my mom, but like letting your parents down. Like, I think the worst thing a, a parent could say to a kid is like, you're such a failure. Like you failed me. Um, and there's something associated with the sense of like letting people down very social, very, but it, but it becomes very personal too. It's like, um, tied almost, or, or like maybe just like, that's what it is. It's tied with our self-worth, our sense of our worth in this world. What do you think about that? Like, yeah. I agree because some some people might not give a crap what their parents think about them if they're dis- disappointed in them, right? So yeah, it's it, true. It absolutely has to deal with how you view uh, you know view yourself because some people might you know from the outside. Let's take my situation for example. They might find success in the fact that they could even offer on a house, right? And my and I I find that no, I, that that's not a success for me because it didn't go through all the way you know all the way. Um, so no, I I agree. It's it's it always goes back to our thing it's it's dependent on each person man and it's dependent on how you view yourself like you said that self-worth uh and whether whether or not um your outcome outcome was reached and and how you emotionally feel about yourself afterwards because in an aspect in an essence you know i could have thrown a temper tantrum and been pissed off about the fact that you know they signed this contract and they pulled you know pulled out of it and you know which they were all legal rights to do it, uh, but what what good would that have done me to just sit there and just kind of whine about it? Now I'm I'm a little I'm, I won't lie I'm a little butthurt in the sense that yeah man I had I had these mental pictures in my brain but um, you can't like things that you can't change you can't change you know what I mean like what we talked about before the only actions you can have effect on is your own. So yeah. just because those people decided not to sell their house doesn't mean I need to lose my shit, you know? Yeah, you could, though. I absolutely could. I absolutely could. Well, yeah. What would... I think that that would... Is that a mark... That's the mark of maturity, maybe. Or like, I wouldn't consider myself that mature, but yes, I would... Well, I, I mean, would say like... Self, yeah. Self-realism and actualism, I guess, is what it really well, is. You're not, you're not going to throw a tantrum like a, you know, like a teenager or a toddler because you didn't get your way. You're going to kind of look at it with this perspective of shit happens. Yeah, it's a business decision. Right. And you're not, you're not going to tie it to your sense of self-worth because no. you had very little to do with that. Correct. However, comma... I got a question for you, Brian. Yeah, go ahead, Jordan. Here's the question. You ready for it? Here's my answer. Okay, I want to hear your answer first. Okay, yes. That was a great answer, man. I don't even need to ask the question anymore. Perfect. Next topic. Let's move on. No, here's my question. Is Let's say this... This... Um, experience that you had ended up happening again how would you feel about it then like the same situation like I put an offer on a house and they and it doesn't go through yeah I think I would like to think that I would react the same way I would be probably a little frustrated again but I, I don't think I would it wouldn't sour me away from the whole process okay now let's just say it's happened ten times in a row what would you start thinking about it then 
Well, the first thing that pops into my mind is the definition of insanity, right? Doing things over and over again, expecting a different outcome. So maybe I'm going a little insane uh, by expecting <laughs> myself being able to buy a house if I've tried it 10 times. Um, but shit, you know, that might just be my my luck in the sense that I haven't found the right place. I don't know. Like, it's easy to say right now from this position, having only experienced it once, that even on the 10th time I would react the same way. However, comma, being an actual, you know, reasonable adult, I'm sure I would be probably a little bit, you know, uh, muddied in the fact that uh, have a little bit of skepticism and a little bit of, of anger by the 10th time as opposed to the first time. So being realistic, yeah, yeah I probably would be a little upset. And I might to some of my closest friends and, and uh, you know, I probably would voice my opinion to that. Um, but did I do I think it's the world coming after me? Nah. It's just... I, again, comfortably from my position in my chair at, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning on a, on a Saturday, only experienced it once, I can say, yeah, it, it is what it is. Yeah. So I bring that up, I, I think, because we experience failure in all sorts of, um, quote, unquote, failure in all sorts of aspects in life. House buying is just one of them. And it's probably, like, one of the rarer ones, right, that yep. you experience letdowns like i we experience letdowns all the time in life like on a daily basis and one i i think that has kind of resonated with me as of late is this this feeling of failure in um job interviewing okay so yeah go into that in a little more detail well i i find that a little bit more uh it, it, to me, it's a little more personal, right? Because job interviews, almost by definition, are like you auditioning. It's like you're putting yourself out there to these people. In a way, you're like selling yourself, and you're either being accepted or you're not. And when you're not accepted, it's rejection, right? Correct. And that's, I mean, that's like a, that's a big like slap in the face it feels like failure and it feels like it, it, it's more than just like um you know i did said i was going to run a marathon in a certain amount of time and i didn't it's like well hey at least you ran a marathon and you did it and you finished it's like that that has something that's quantifiable that's like you can find some silver lining but you go to a job interview you either get the job or you don't yeah. And like more times than not, like you if you don't get the job, there's little explanation why. You can reach out and say, um, hey, can you would you mind giving me feedback? Um, I've done that multiple times and like people just, you know, I don't hear anything back, which whatever. The world and the workplace is kind of ruthless. Um but after doing that time and time again, you start to think like what is wrong with me? Where's the... You start to feel like a failure. You know? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So, th- there there has to... I mean, there comes a point where you have to realize that... You have to dissociate yourself with, like, other people's opinions. And maybe, you know, maybe there's part of it that's just, like, having a reality check. And saying... Well, 
I know I'm not a failure. Um, and I have to kind of reframe my way of thinking about it. Yeah. But in a way, in a way, it's like I did not get the job, you know? No, I think it's important you said about, you know, reframing the way you think. And uh, I, I find something to be the fact that you went even out there and attempted to get the job, right? There's something to be said of success to even put yourself out there in a position to be interviewed and um, to potentially be uh, successful or not successful. Because I'll find myself um, in situations where I won't even attempt something because I'm afraid that I might not be successful at it. Fear of failure. Yeah, the fear of failure, you know, and, huh. and, and, you know, I might not even apply for that job because I'm afraid, well, shit, maybe I won't get that job. So why even attempt to let myself down um, by applying for it and not getting it? Why just not do it at all? Uh, and I have been bad at that in my life, um, huh. you know, in the sense of not trying new things because the uh, not this is the fear of failure, but the fear of not being good at something <laughs> or looking like an idiot. You know, whether it be, you know, trying uh, a new sport or, you know, attempting to, you know, dance uh, a certain dance. It's like, you know what? Like, or, or date a good looking girl. Or do what? Date a good looking girl. Or like, you know, yeah, like, or date a good looking girl. girl. Why even attempt to get her phone number uh, yeah. if she could potentially reject you, right? Um, yeah. I, I, I have been bad and I continue to, to, to see that in my life where I won't even attempt something. Uh, because of the fear of not being good or, or not being successful at it. Um, so to go and attempt something and fail at it, I think, in my opinion, is a higher success than even not attempting that at all. So what is... How do you cope with that then? Like, like how do you keep that perspective? How do maybe I keep go, that perspective? Well, I'm just I'm speaking in general, right? This is kind of like maybe for our listeners and for for me and you, for just people in general. How do you? It's easy to say I. Um, it's easy to kind of like brush it off and say. No, okay. Let me rephrase that. It's not easy. Otherwise, like I think we do it more often. But like there's so taking into account that real fear, that anticipation of failure. That like when I, you know, I won't do this because if I fail, then I'll be humiliated or I'll be miserable and um, embarrassed and whatever else, whatever, whatever other emotions are associated with that. How do you get around that or how do you hit that head on? How do you say, how do you cope with that, Brian? Where it's like, I would rather have tried and failed than never tried at all. How do you keep that mind frame in the forefront? That's a because whew, yeah, that's a difficult question. I'm asking, yeah, and I'm asking you, so you better have an answer. I better have an answer, and I don't know if I can answer that question because you know i i don't I don't know the answer to the question even for me. Like, other than acknowledging that's what I do, I think that's that's the biggest piece is is the acknowledgement piece uh, of knowing that hey shit, like I I have this issue and problem. Uh, I, I don't say it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not going to do it. You know, I'll still acknowledge the fact that I'm not attempting something because I don't want to fail at it and still not attempt it. It's not like a magic yeah. like, oh, I have now acknowledged it and now I'll get over it. Um, 
So I'm I'm not even where near the 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 place where I would like to be, where it's kind of a being comfortable attempting something and not and, and being able to not be successful or, or fail or good at it. Um, so I'm I'm early in that process, um, but the acknowledgement piece is huge. Just it's just something that I have had the you know the the graciousness of being able to see. It's it's you know you and I have taken so much self-reflection over the last few years that this is just one of the many things that I've reflected on of who I am as an individual and what makes me tick and this you know it's just something that I've come to realize this is me you know for better or worse this is me huh I wonder about that because it's, it's like a real base human emotion to to fear that rejection like why don't I take risk? Because I, you know, I don't know. I guess that's a, it's a, it's an age old question. It's something we've always dealt with, but how do we move forward and keep that mentality in mind? Like we could, we could apply this to a lot of different examples. Um, like the podcast, for example, we, we could have just sat there and twiddled our thumbs and said, well, and I, you know, that's the other thing about failure and, and, these situations that we're kind of describing is I don't know that we actively think this it's not that we it's not that a situation comes up and we don't we don't actively step away from it and analyze it and say well I think what I'm going to do with this one is fear rejection and fear the possibility of failure it's way more subconscious it's way more like just there right we don't we don't think about it and that may be the problem it's like if we take the chance to to think about it logically um a phrase comes to mind i'm sure many people have heard it in in various iterations but my boss used to say it um we were we'd talk about my colleague because he would always be like man this girl's so hot or she's so cute and i'm like dude go talk to her and that you know you know how that goes it's easier said than done um but my boss would always kind of phrase it and she'd say, well, look at it this way. You've got everything to gain and nothing to lose. Yep. And maybe that's, you know, in the literal sense, yeah, like if you don't know that person, if you'll never run into them again, there's it's pretty low risk, right? You're, you're putting yourself out there. Um, what's the worst that could happen? I walk up to the girl. Hey, um, I noticed you over there or just you know, start a conversation and be like, Hey, you know, would you, and then you end the conversation with like a, you want to go get a coffee sometime or a drink or something like that. And then you find out that they have a boyfriend, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's like, the, what's the, again, the, what's the worst that can happen? You, yeah. you know, if the, the, in that aspect, the reward outweighs the, the, the failure. If, if the reward comes, if the reward comes and if the failure like it, and I think there's a good thing we could do in that situation for example and I'm sure we could apply this to other situations if we took the time to think about it but you could reframe that quote unquote failure or rejection depending on the person and how they respond to it right so if they're if they kind of respond with disgust and like yeah right like I would go out with you um, that could be painful, I guess. So there are two ways I'm thinking of it. The person responds that way, which is like an extreme, right? Odds are they're not going to do that. They're going to have some social grace. The other is that they like respond with truth, 
or maybe it's a lie, but they're they're doing it more politically um, correct. And they say, "Oh, that's so sweet of you. I'm flattered, uh, but I have a boyfriend." Yeah. You know, let's just say, take the two ends of the spectrum. Either way, so we barely know this person. I don't. You know, you have to take them at their word. But let's just assume that they're lying. If they're lying, who cares? Like, would you? Why would you want to be with that person anyway? Or why would you ever want to go get a drink of that person if they're a piece of crap lying to you? And <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. kind of have to you have to reframe it and say, you know what? I know what I'm worth, and I know that I'm worth. Like, that girl is missing out on something. Yeah. Right? I, I agree, you, but, you know, that it, it's easy to sit here and say that. It's in the it's moment, said like you done. said. It's uh, it's not as easy. And, and I guess, you know, when you're talking about, like, how, you know, sitting back and acknowledging for me that, you know, hey, like, I don't attempt things. I think you're right. I don't, In the moment, I just don't attempt it. And it's not it's that hindsight or the after the fact yeah. when I sit and, and analyze uh, why I did what I did when I really kind of find find that piece and yeah if you can in the moment realize hey shit I'm not trying this because of this XYZ okay then then maybe you can convince yourself to attempt it you know and like you know with, with an attractive woman you want to potentially get to meet you know if you're able to in your brain work that conversation out in the sense that hey man what is the worst that's going to happen it's going to happen she has a boyfriend or she tells you to go f off like okay cool you know that is, that is the worst thing that's going to happen and that's a that's a good it's a good scenario to play in your head you know when you're when you're yeah. debating on whether to attempt something is all right what what's the worst that could happen here well yes that i i think that's that's yeah you got to keep that in mind and like going back to the end result, right? So if they, if they like reject you, but they do it politely and they're flattered, then another way you can reframe that is, um, oh, well, you know, I made that person's day or I, you know, I don't know. Like what if someone came up to you and thought that you were good looking and asked you out and you just were honest and said well that's very nice of you but i have a girlfriend you know like odds are that you'd feel really flattered and you feel really good that someone noticed your physical appearance or your attractiveness or whatever it was yeah and so i think it it comes back to like you and your perception you have to kind of frame it in a way that like if this person was remotely worth getting to know they'd receive my approach or my like compliments or my advances on them with grace and like with with appreciation and if they received it with anything else then piss on them like you know what i'm saying like who cares yep so yeah that brings up another point though which is it's important then in that case to be reminded of your self-worth while at the same time not being delusional about it because that's like i could it'd be really easy to just like convince myself that i'm amazing that like i'm the best thing i'm god's gift to the world and like believe it you know and be like well if that girl doesn't like me then she's stupid or if that person didn't hire me then they're dumb you know like they can't see like that i'm the best thing that's ever happened to them right correct 
there's like a balance between that because you have to like live with yourself. You have to look yourself in the mirror and you have to go to bed with a clear head and say, I did my best and I know I'm a valuable person and um, I have a lot to offer the world. But yeah, it's that balance, man. It's the balance of not being too down on yourself and thinking, oh, God, I'm such a failure. I can't believe I didn't succeed at something to the, well, screw that. Like, I'm the best thing since sliced bread, you know? And yeah, and, uh, and it is. It's a balance, man. And it's each individual person is going to find where their balance is or they're not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's like, what's the trick to that then? Like, what's the what's a good, healthy way to keep a good, positive self-image that's, you know, as realistic as possible? Because I think that's part of the challenge. It's, you know, it's like I want to be I want to love myself. I want to be my number one advocate and because I think time and time again we find evidence all of us as humans that we're our own worst enemies we're the only things in our way we will be the first people the first person to jump up and say no you can't do that oh 100% You're, yeah and that's like the that's like the failure aspect that's what stops you from even attempting like yep I, there's no way there's no way I could ever start my own company and again, it's not, I don't think we like actively think that it's just more like, Oh, I'd love to start my own company. It's not like the first thought that comes up is like, you're stupid. You'll never be able to do that. But it comes in a lot more subtle ways. It's like, well, yeah, that'd be awesome. But what about that? What about this? What about that? What about this? And you just go on down the list on maybe thinking of all the things you don't know and experience you don't have. You know what I'm saying? No, I absolutely understand what you're saying because I I, I speak to I I I hear it on two parts because I see it on the you know hey just get out there and do it and attempt it right but there's also the hey you should probably prepare yourself a little bit for that and you don't want to go out there and lose a bunch of money and you know (laughs) attempting something that you weren't even prepared for so again it is balance it is balance balance balance. And that balance might be different for every other person. You know, different. Every people have different balances, uh, but you have to be able to weigh it in this in the aspect of at what point am I just not doing it because I'm afraid, and then what point do I need a little bit of preparation and a little bit behind me that I'm not just go out going out there and wasting people's time, money, and effort. Huh. Man, uh, that's uh, I. I all these like flashbacks are coming to me from pre- previous episodes we've done. Yeah. Like what is the definition of um luck? Is it? Was it luck? Oh yeah, when preparation Where meets opportunity. opportunity needs, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like there's some luck involved in it maybe. There's like I don't know, like cuz you could prepare your yeah. whole life and like what? What was the end result of that? Like, I mean, I can't even remember what episode that came out of, um, where opportunity meets um, preparation. It's like, well, okay, yeah, I could, um, I could uh, prepare my whole life and then still experience failure. Yep. So, how best to do that? I don't know. It's I guess maybe it's knowing yourself and knowing your strengths and weaknesses, and then. You know, have you ever read, Brian, the uh, Strength Finder is the book, I believe is what it's called? No, I have not. Okay. 
Well, let me give you the premise of it. Basically, it says, like, it has an assessment, and you can take it, and it identifies five of your best strengths, right? So, we all have strengths, we all have weaknesses, and the idea behind this book is that we focused a ton on our weaknesses and ignore our strengths, because there are already strengths, right? But, but if you instead invested that time that you spend in working on your weaknesses and invest it into your strengths and making them stronger, then you're probably going to be better off. Huh. So um, I'm trying to, I can't remember. I did this assessment. It's like, you know, a dime a dozen self-help books. It's kind of like that. They're all out there. But I I found it kind of interesting and it wasn't really eye-opening. I, I didn't. I took the assessment. I was like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." Those are kind of like my strengths. But then, I didn't like really go forward with it. Maybe that would have been the next step: is like reading the book and seeing how they recommend um, working on your strengths. That's problem. Problem with me is that uh, one of my weaknesses is reading. And uh, yeah, why would I spend time on my weaknesses? That's a you? <laughs> definitely. Sorry, you were breaking up there, so I didn't get everything that you said. Sorry about that. That's not true. I was not breaking up, Brian. You what? I was not breaking up. Yeah, you're you're breaking up. I haven't been able to hear you the last few minutes. Oh, I am breaking up. Yeah. Jeez, Brian. How are our listeners gonna? You heard me talking about the Strengths Finder, right? Yeah, I heard that part. You've actually, honestly, and this is going to get edited out, you've been breaking up for the last 15, 20 minutes, and I've just been piecing together what you've been saying. <laughs> what, what a jerk. What a jerk. Man, uh, I've been... I've uh, gotten for the most 90% of what you've said just by interpretation of it. I guess. Maybe you've totally missed the, the message all along. I probably did. What a failure of me. I guess it's worth noting that uh, I am at a Home Depot right now. Yeah, well, that <laughs> might have something been... to explain why the uh, connection isn't great. It may, it may, and it also may explain all the Home Depot-like sounds that, <laughs> that everyone's hearing. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah. So, in short, I'll just I'll just wrap up what I was saying, like with the um, Strengths Finder. Can you hear me a lot better now? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Like you keep breaking in and out. I keep breaking in and out? Yep. What about now? Perfect. Oh, jeez. Well, I'm out in the garden center now, so there's no roof over my head. Ah. So maybe that helps. Maybe. Um, anyway, Strengths Finder. Um, it amplifies your strengths. It, the premise is to amplify your strengths and, and kind of not give as much credit to your weaknesses. Okay. And then I said, um, I found out what my strengths are, and um, it, it kind of made sense. I was just like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and then I didn't do much with it after that, which probably would have helped if I had read the rest of the book. They probably would have told me how to like amplify my <laughs> strengths. But then I said, one of my weaknesses is reading, so why would I spend any time working on my weakness? <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's pretty. That is, uh, 
I don't even know what to say to that. It's pretty funny. It's a conundrum. Yeah, it is a conundrum. I um, think. So you've yeah. not finished that book? No, I, I, I probably have a forty percent success rate with books. Yeah, I'm, I'm about and, the same with you too. Well, I mean, like, like, and what I mean by that is, like, I forty percent of the books I choose to read. I, I don't mean that I finish forty percent of them. I mean. Every book I read, I read about 40% of it. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm about the same same <laughs> as you sometimes. I'll start a book and enjoy it, but just not finish it. Yeah. Um, but no, that's that's interesting, man. Like, I, I think there's something to be said to to be able to promote your, your strengths and, and work on those and, and give them much more attention than your weaknesses. However, comma, you know... Ha- there's something to be said of, of at least acknowledging what your weaknesses are and you know if in finding out whether you could potentially fix it or you just kind of let it be part of who you are yeah I don't know it's it, so that's an interesting concept uh, focus on your strengths don't worry too much about your weaknesses um, because you could you could get so wrapped up in your weaknesses and you're looking at all the negative things in your life which you you consider negative. Um, and that just kind of changes your outlook on life. Whereas if you kind of acknowledge what the positive things you have, then maybe maybe you get a little bit more joy out of life. Again, I'm going to co- use the cop-out answer, man. It's a fucking balance. Yeah. That is the real cop-out. I think it is a real cop-out. Every, every, every podcast we do. Balance is my, my, my word of choice next to absolutely. Balance. I probably well, say balance now more, more often than I do absolutely. You absolutely say balance more than you say absolutely. Faux show. But you got to find the right balance, Brian. Yeah, of when to say absolutely and when to say faux show. Or balance. Or balance. <laughs> Dude. Not. Um. Well. Concluding thoughts? Well, I feel kind of like a failure. Um, my phone wasn't working oh, and you couldn't right. hear me. It's all right. And, you know, our seven listeners are probably going to be pretty critical about that. You know what? If I agreed to something that I really didn't necessarily uh, would have agreed to, if I had heard you properly, then you know what? I'm sorry. I gave you some self-worth uh, or maybe put you down and, when you know, uh, uh, not intending. Well, listen, you should be sorry for yourself because I said a lot of degradating things towards you. Good. And, and I didn't get to hear them. No, you were agreeing the whole time. Oh, you were like, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I'm like, remember that time, Brian, when you were just like the, like, you're a real piece of shit? And you're like, which yeah, time? absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> now, yes. here, here's, so, my, here's, good. here's my concluding thoughts about it. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal a quote from uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, coaches, a uh, guy by the name of Tony Dungy, used to coach uh, the Indianapolis Colts and the uh, – Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I read his book, uh, Quiet Strength, a while back. And uh, this quote I use actually on my email like signature block is, a, is the quote after my signature. And uh, it states, he says in his book, What's important is not the accolades and memories of success, but the way you respond when opportunities are denied. And uh, huh. I, I kind of, I you know, keeping that in my email and seeing it a lot, it, it makes me try to focus on the fact that, hey, 
You know, people are going to remember me, and I feel that success is generated by how we react to our failures, not necessarily how we react when times are good. So that's kind of what what my thought about failure is. And I'm not perfect by any yeah. means, and I am not successful at, at following that all the time. But at least acknowledging yeah. that that's how I would like to perceive and, and view life. Yeah, and I think one thing that comes to mind for me, and it, it's 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 been reiterated tons of different ways, but I'll just say it the the best way I know how is that life is. 10% of things that happen to us like so 10% what happens to us and 90% how we respond to it I like that so and you know the 10% I guess is um, you know things don't always just happen to us we're part of it you know yeah but the key there is that our attitudes have a huge um, role in in how we perceive the world and so it's important to keep that in check I agree. Um, and that being said, it's worth um, it's worth talking a little bit, uh, letting our listeners know that Brian and I have decided that in order for However Common to be successful, we are going to restructure it a little bit. So, Brian, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about what we have in mind? Yeah, you know we we've been uh, talking about uh, this and. Uh, for so long, like I think uh, as a matter of like 12 hours ago, um, <laughs> we, uh, we, you know, in our, in our busy schedules and of work and other things that we're doing, it's, it sometimes can be hard to find times to, um, record and, you know, look back at our old, uh, podcasts of time famine and you make time for things that are important to you. So, um, and this is an important thing to us. However, comma, you know, there's a lot of different things that go into it, uh, that, take a lot of time especially on Jordan's end of the recording or the editing and stuff like that so instead of burning ourselves and recognizing that you know each week we we find it you know different time to record based on our busy schedules uh, instead of killing ourselves trying to make an episode you know every week uh, every week of the year you know so 52 episodes a year uh, we kind of have made the decision to restructure it in almost a um, an episode or a uh, season based um uh, type podcast. So our thought is, uh, right now we're gonna probably you know curtail it off at episode fifteen. Uh, take a few weeks break and then uh, maybe build up some episodes and then put it out again uh, in a ten episode season. Uh, so when you think about it, we'll have about thirty episodes for an entire year. We'll do three different seasons um, uh, of ten episodes, and that's kind of how we want to structure the podcast now. So you don't get sick and tired of hearing our voices all the time. And we don't, uh, you know, get sick and tired of recording uh, stuff, you know, every week. Um, I think yeah. because this is not our full-time jobs, I think this is for, it's good for us in the sense that we can can put the best effort into it uh, that we have. Yeah, and it goes back to Brian's point of balance that um, there's a lot that goes into making a podcast, and we really we've you know we've our goals have changed since we first started it. I think. Um, we initially wanted to just get it off the ground and, you know, avoid this fear of failure and get the podcast going. And we've done that. We've proven to ourselves that we can do a podcast. We have yep. a podcast. We have a website. We have um, all sorts of stuff um, associated with it. We have postcards, by the way, if you want yeah, one. Yeah, we do. Send us, a, send us a personal message on Facebook, and we will send you one. Um, handwritten, I might add. But um, we're, we've gotten to a point now where, you know, 
we've, so we've got the podcast. What's the next step? Well, we want to make it better. And I think that this is one of the ways that we can do that is by taking some deliberate time um, where we're not stressed out about the production part and, and meeting deadlines all the time. And we can really focus on content. We can focus on um, the topics that, that we want to put out there. And hopefully uh, by doing so, we will deliver an even better quality product with more stimulating conversation um, that will be enjoyable for you to listen to. So, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's that's kind of what we're thinking. So we're not going anywhere. We're just uh, restructuring it a little bit. And think about it this way. If Game of Thrones was on every single week, you would die. You'd get really burnt out on it. Yep. Or maybe you wouldn't. But your life, other parts of your life would atrophy. <laughs> so we want to make sure that we build those strengths and muscles of your however comma uh, listening. Yeah, so... That being said, thank you all for um, listening. Thanks for sharing the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate all of our listeners. We appreciate the feedback we get. Um, so keep it coming. And um, we will have three more episodes after this, right? Is this episode 12, Brian? I believe it is, episode 12. So three more after this, and we'll take a little bit of a hiatus and uh, figure out where we are from there. All right. Sounds great. And... Uh, in the meantime, till the next episode, can you all do us a favor? Don't be don't a be a dick. dick. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for not being a dick. All right, well, Jordan. Take care, Brian. <laughs>